Welcome to your Life by Design podcast, the show that will have you seeing how magical you truly are so you can start designing a desired and fulfilled life. Hi, I'm Karen Galway, a certified human design reader, a 6-3 manifesting generator, and an energetic embodiment coach who is completely obsessed with helping you step out from your shadows and leap into your light. And in true 6-3 manifesting generator form, this podcast will not just be about human design, but rather the tools you need to call in the desires in all areas of your life. View it as your tool book, not your rule book. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This podcast is for the women who are ready to become paradigm shifters, subconscious mind wizards, and healers of their own life. They are ready to rediscover themselves so that they can fully show up as who they came here to be and live a life by their design. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for this episode that it's finally out there for you guys to listen. I interviewed my very first guest, Jen McNerney a few weeks ago, and it's so fitting that she was my first guest because she is also a speech therapist who has incredible gifts. And in this episode, we talk about the journey of being a speech therapist and leaning into our gifts and what that looks like. Um, Jen is trained in theta healing, which is such a powerful tool for clearing out negative thoughts and emotions, as well as getting to the root of that belief. So she talks a little bit about that as well. Um, and in addition, just her own journey, both physically and spiritually, including her experience with having palatal expansion, a surgical palatal expansion and her, the meaning that she has attached behind that from a spiritual standpoint. Um, we also talk about entities and it's funny because this was actually our second recording of this episode because the first time we were having technical difficulties and then eventually we recorded an entire podcast or rather we had an entire podcast and it wasn't recorded. So we had to come back together a couple days later to, to do this. And so she talked about like how entities can play around with technology and there's one specific one that does. So she goes into that episode or goes into that in the episode as well. Just a heads up, this episode goes into so many different directions, but it's incredibly juicy. It's it's about an hour long, um, but it's so eye-opening and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the episode. I am so excited to have my first guest for today, but it's like my first guest two times because we tried to record yesterday and there were complications, which we're going to get into. But I want to welcome Jen McNerney to this podcast. I am so excited for you guys to listen to the wisdom that she has from the perspective of a speech therapist, but also a very powerful healer. And before we go any further with this, Jen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day twice this week. No <laughs> to worries. With me. Um, before we get in, let's introduce to the audience a little bit about yourself um, sure. and kind of how you got into all this. Yeah, absolutely. So I have, I graduated with uh, my master's in 2001. So been a speech language pathologist for over 20 years. I'm just going to name that. <laughs> I like to keep it. <laughs> I'm not that far behind. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've always been really into, I knew I was a helper very early on. Um, I knew I wanted to help people. It seemed like that was my thing. And I didn't even really know speech language pathology existed, except for my sister had a friend who was a speech language pathologist. So 
I had thought I wanted to be a physical therapist for a while just because I knew I wanted to do something in right. the he- in the healing kind of realm. And I knew I didn't want to be a teacher because I didn't want to manage like 30 kids that didn't feel congruent with me. But yeah, so I just went that route and decided pretty early on that like even before college that I wanted to go that route, which was helpful to finish all the coursework when you kind of know. And then just had a slew of um, work in the schools and then had my own private practice out in California and then had children. And I didn't expect that my passion for speech language pathology would start to, um, I don't know, wane is, I don't know if it's the right word, but the kids that I was mostly working with were labeled autistic or on the spectrum. Um, and you know, that's shifted in terms of the labels. Um, now we just say autistic individuals, but there were whatever. So I had always worked with more of the nonverbal kids that had behaviors and the, the really challenging cases. And I think that after having my own children and just going through my own healing journey and not knowing I had um, chronic Lyme disease and co-infections and whatnot, I think my energy was just tanked and taxed and I had to start healing myself and my children due to some of those complications. And so I think my passion sort of just wasn't there because I had to go in and, and start healing myself and my children. And then it's still like, it's still unfolding, right? That I learn all these modalities that help to heal me and my children. It, it was first my children that, you know, and then it was, then I put my oxygen mask on and then mm-hmm. started. And so now I get to um, share all these modalities and still trying to integrate with how, um, you know, to still name that I am a speech language pathologist and I will always be that I'll always be grateful for the profession but I'm just everything's unfolding and I don't I don't have to like be like I'm no longer a speech therapist because that'll always be part of the journey and I think yeah so yeah you know I want to talk really quickly just to give the listeners context about how we met and how um it just evolved from there Um, so I'm a speech therapist and I've struggled with this journey of self-discovery in terms of the evolution of what it means to be a healer. So it started as like a speech therapist and I still see clients, but I've passed, I would say five, six years, um, six, seven years is when I was introduced to a healing modality called NAYAT, which is um, algae elimination technique. But the N is like, I don't want, it's like, it's an Indian last name, but it's like the person who created it. Um, So they call it NAYAT. And it was like the, again, with my kids bringing them and it was the impact of um, like how that everything shifted. I was like, holy cow, that that kind of like is what opened the door. But I, we know a doctor, uh, we know several doctors, um, but Dr. John Matkoff, who is Chicago based, um, he, I, I guess is kind of like the commonality between the two, between us, besides being a speech therapist. But, um, <laughs> I just remember being in a hotel room on my birthday because it was, I decided to go away for the night and just have a night to myself. And it was like in this massive like bathtub and I was soaking in the bathtub and, you know, going through Instagram and while the Christmas movie was playing on the TV. And I saw that doc, another doctor had 
had a picture and had Dr. Matt Koff and I clicked on him and I'm like, oh, he's Chicago based. Like, let me explore about him a little bit more. And then he had shared a picture and tagged you in it and said something like, she's an amazing speech therapist. And I'm like, wait, what? Like this, this healer. Cause by just by going through Dr. John's, um, Instagram, I knew a little bit about kind of what he did. I'm like, wait a minute, a speech therapist who does some of this healing work as well. And I messaged you because I had questions about my son who was struggling with a few things from um, some major surgery he had as a baby, or mm-hmm. I was viewing it as like um, impact from that surgery and asked if any of your stuff could help because he has some language challenges as well. And I wanted like a speech therapist perspective who had this lens and you had referred me back to Dr. Jan- John Matkoff, who we've done multiple sessions with him, and he's mm-hmm. amazing. But yeah. it was so comforting to see someone else who went through this whole, like, you get your master's degree. It's very... Um, yeah, it's very niche. like based And you yeah. have... And, like, I learned a lot about um, oral motor in graduate school, and a lot of programs didn't teach it because it wasn't empirically, there's no evidence to prove it. Or, um, so there was a lot about like science and research and studies. And I'm like, well, what about what feels like good? We're able to see in a client that we can't necessarily explain through research, but we're, we're seeing the shifts Mm -hmm. and it was just so comforting to run into another speech therapist who was like looking at that. And so that evolved. And, um, I, and I wanted to talk to you more about this because it's also helping me embody these two entities of myself where, you know, I always said like, you know, I'm a speech therapist on this platform, but on this platform, I'm a healer. And, and I, and for me, I have to embody both pieces because it's embodying all of me. Yes. And I, I'm, that's the same unfolding journey for myself. And I think you just spoke about it. And of course I would like that if this podcast reaches somebody else and touches them, that's going through this, like knowing that they have these innate healing gifts and maybe they're a software engineer. My my husband is a prime example of that. He's got a lot of gifts um, and he's in big tech and he's a software engineer and he's, you know, so it's not just speech language pathologists or speech therapy, but we, um, we spend so much time and it's so specialized that it's really hard to pivot from our career. I mean, okay, I, that could be a limiting belief that I'm talking about. I, I would like to, you know, I'll explore that, but it is a challenge when you, you go and you all this time, the clinicals, the extra getting your graduate degree, um, it's very specialized. And I know you often, and we actually, we actually have a, broad scope that you could work in the hospital. Oh my gosh, yes. In the schools you could mostly work with. Mine was mostly working with um, kids on the spectrum and that have sensory issues. And you are doing the oromotor myofunctional therapy. Like there there are so many, um, you know, so again, I think we resonated so much because we're like, oh, there's another person that, so you don't, we don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. journey and 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 yeah so it's it's still unfolding and I'm um learning that if I don't embody all of it it's kind of an insult to my soul 
Right, right. <laughs> You're hiding a piece of you, of yourself. Yes. And I'm all about authenticity. That was like my big word. And now I'm, my word is like alignment. And now it's passion. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go for it. Like mm-hmm. I'm going for it. <laughs> I love that. Um, you said that, you know, you put like your, you, you learned your gifts kind of through the journey with your children and the unfolding of all that. Um, and I think you've also have incorporated some energy work in your speech therapy practice in the Mm -hmm. past. Yeah, I have. I, um, you know, I think that the word is empathy. Um, when you work with nonverbal quote unquote nonverbal, because there's always communication, the body language is telling a story. There's all these, but I, I predominantly worked with these challenging individuals. And I think my gift has always been the empathy or people feel safe in my presence. So, you know, I'll be the the stranger that tells me their life story (laughs) or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people that just come up and just want to be around you and like, you know, so a lot of times I already knew that I had some kind of a gift and, and I, and I couldn't, I didn't even understand it at the time because I, I would often compare myself to other speech language pathologists that were doing more um, behavior-based stuff. And I would just go in and play with the kids <laughs> and it wasn't, I wasn't taking a bunch of data, but I know there are some people that that's important to take all the data and prove like you know, these outcomes. And I have a different energy where I just come in and I meet the individual kind of where they're at and create a safe space that's, and that has always been my same modality. And people would be like, I don't know what you're doing, Jen, but like, they only do this stuff for you. They talk when you're around or they like make approximations if we're, we're talking about. And I'm like, and I never quite understood it, but I did start to get into energy work just like by my observations of these kids that um, had such a clear connection to um, some of the unseen things. And I'm like, wow, like they might not, but they're so tuned into like another frequency that feels like it's more of a direct line to creator or, and so I started to get curious about that and had um, done some dabbling with, um, that's how I got, I think I got the first book I got which is ironic because I think people will think in our profession, it's a little out there was like indigo children and these sense, these sensitive in, in, I was like, okay, I work with these kids. They feel like the energy is like, they are not of this world. Like, um, however, they have a really unique, but kind of high vibrational frequency to me. I'm like, wow. And so I've always been this bridge to kind of like a groundedness, but also like that, metaphysical stuff. So I started to, I got my Reiki. I went in, I was doing some movements. That's uh, it's called longevity energetics, but it's most likely like Qigong kind of like Tai Chi movements. And so I was doing that and going to different healers in LA and um, doing some self work. And it just started to just unfold for me that way. Um, I don't know if you have a similar journey with how you discovered like your different modalities, but Yeah. Well, I resonate. And we talked about this before where, and I shared this example with you before, but like, I, I've also worked with children on the autism spectrum. And I remember one particular, one particular summer I was doing half days at this autism school. Mm -hmm. And these were children who 
some of them had one-on-one aids. Um, some of them were, could be very aggressive and you never really knew what would be a trigger for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, here I was, like a, I think a couple years out of graduate school, maybe. I mean, I was very, very new and I was put into, the, in, not put in, but like this was a contract that I had. Mm-hmm. And I remember the speech therapist saying like, okay, we got, we, they had to like move these tables a certain way to like, um, in case this child so it was a protection for the therapist. So if the child right. were to walk out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? And yeah. so we had a session. He was the sweetest. Like he looked like he was the sweetest. And they said like, he, you just don't know when he's going to turn. And he was the sweetest, gentlest, cutest, adorable boy. And I remember his session was ending. So his aide came back to get him and was walking away. And he broke away from the ther- from the aide and ran to me. And I was bracing myself and he ran to me to give me a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and- the other therapists were like, he's never done this. Mm-hmm. Like, and because they set up the context of what yeah, you had, you had an expectation. Well, they, a lot of times we do that. Um, right. There's that therapy lens that, yeah. you know, yeah. there, there's probably some validity because they'd seen behaviors. Right. However, you had, yeah, you could yeah. read the energy that, right. you know, yeah. And I've, I've been able to connect with kids kind of similar. Like I've had clients who switched practitioners because of the way that I was able to get a child to communicate or whatever goals. That yes. Had. Yes. But I think for me, you know, I've always had this desire to help, um, yes. which is, you know, why I went into the speech therapy world. But um, I just remember uh, just knowing, I think it was like five years ago, like I was 38 or 39 at the time. And I just remember feeling there was like something shifting within me. And I remember telling people like, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I feel very different. Like things aren't bothering me like they did before. I feel like there's something more beyond what I'm doing. And and it was just mm-hmm. a, a level of curiosity, but like just a shift. And it was through working with other healers. In fact, I had a, um, I had a psychic reading. Mm-hmm. like five years ago, five, six years ago. It was all around this whole time, five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was someone who, she was vetted. Like she was, you know, I friends of mine knew her and had known her for a while. And I get on a call with her and right away, it was like, hey, how are you? Good, good. Wait, you're a healer? That's exactly what she said. She's like, you're a healer? And I'm like, um, I, I don't know. She's like, no, you do know. You are a healer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I have these like, certain gifts that I have. I don't know how to make sense of it. And I feel like the shift mm-hmm. that's happening within me. And it, that was the call that kind of gave me permission to explore a little bit more, but it was around that time during like NAET treatments that myself and my kids were having, um, mm-hmm. Reiki sessions that I was getting, um, working with yeah. other healers. It was the same message of there's, there's, you're meant to do more like you're. And so it was, I was able to tap into that and explore more. And then I got trained in Reiki Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just fell in love with the whole idea of there's something bigger than, than us. There's yeah. the whole, I'm fascinated by the whole epigenetics, which we know about yes. therapy anyways, but epigenetics and generational trauma and imprinting and karmic contracts mm. and, you know, and plus also the subconscious mind, which taps into the science and the psychology that I like about yes. therapy. Yes. So Cause that, that is, the, yeah. The, yeah. And I, um, so my kids, um, 
so my kids and having, they had, I was introduced to chiropractic because, um, I had twins at the twin pregnancy and they were full term. And because of how, um, my firstborn and my age, I was always considered the geriatric pregnant. I didn't meet my husband till later in life. So I always laugh because I call you like, you're like an, you're an old timer if you're 35 and over. So I was an old timer. Well, labeled geriatric pregnancy. So the first, my firstborn was a cesarean and then they wouldn't let me have twins. I mean, okay. I didn't know enough. I knew what I knew at the time. I could have pushed it probably to try to have, uh, and there's so many benefits to having, um, you know, I had to do a lot of work around um, that because as kids are pulled out of, um, if you actually watch a video of a cesarean, like the doctors cannot drop that baby. So sometimes when they're pulling by that neck, there can be like a vagus nerve injury at that atlas and that C1, C2. So I didn't, of course, this is all hindsight knowledge now, but um, Liam uh, came out and he just like that the one pediatrician thought he was just strong, but he couldn't like differentiate his movement with his neck to do any of the road, like the roading. Was reflex. He um, he's tongue tied. Yes. Both of the, tw- all my kids are tongue tied. Um, and that's also a correlation to some methylation detoxation. I mean, there's, it's not causation. I'm not saying that, but there is the, we have the MTHFR gene mutation and um, there's a lot of midline stuff and detox pathways, yada, yada, yada. Now I know. Um, but it was like, my kids had that perfect storm of things that now I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know at the time that I had uh, Lyme disease and co-infections. I grew up in Illinois uh, and played soccer and did camping and whatnot and probably just got that season, like a summer flu that was really a tick bite, but it never got the bullseye. So there was no, like, you don't always get the bullseye. I didn't know that you could actually, you pass on when you're talking about genetic traumas and things and where we'll get into that but you also pass on your gut biome and your parasites and your toxicity to your children whether that's toxic uh, patterns and unresolved stress or that's trauma um, beliefs or actually physical toxins and tick-borne illnesses so I didn't know that and I had passed that on to the twins so they're already um and also my daughter, Chloe, has, it's a rare disease day, I just looked or something, and she has something really rare, too, that is like a big uh, Port Weinstein birthmark, which we can talk about past lives, like I think she's been burned in a past life, and now her, like, like the cellular memory of that, like, almost manifested in this perfect toxicity of a storm kind of thing, because I was going through immense grief, I had lost my dad just before she was born. So we can chat about that. But my whole, yeah, my whole journey has been first to heal my kids. And I found chiropractic early on because of colic, like bad colic, and then a reaction to their four month shots, Mm -hmm. where they were like vomiting and high fever and um, like none of how they were behaving. I was like, so scared they were going to die that night, like after they got their, um, and I don't want to talk too much about that because it's a very controversial topic, but it is part of our journey. And it's kind of how we found um, chiropractic and these amazing healers. And it's also how I found a uh, neuroemotional technique that really deals with these unresolved stress patterns, like emotions that get stored in your tissues 
and then how I found um, theta healing work and belief work and meeting Jonathan, Dr. Makoff, and he was doing some really cool stuff with like the Akashic records and pessimic. Where did you learn that? And he's like, oh, I learned it through this class. And then I'm like, oh, well, I need to take that class. And then so it's just this whole evolution. And then we meet and yeah. I just love how as we raise our vibrational frequency, it's all resonance. And then we start attracting the people. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. And I love, um, gosh, there were so many like pivots I can take in that, like two minutes that we were just talking. I'm like, Oh, I want to go talk about that. I want to talk about that. But, um, I, it's so fascinating. The, like how physical manifestations can happen from Mm -hmm. genetic imprints or emotional trauma or whatever. I want to talk a little bit about the whole, you know, to hear your perspective a little bit more on generational trauma and unhealed wounds and how it manifests. And um, Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that, and you had did a a TikTok on it, which by the way, when you share a TikTok a video on Instagram. It doesn't share the whole clip. It only does like, I know I have to figure that out. You are more of a genius with the social media stuff. I'm still, I'm, still learning. <laughs> I'm I'll probably... about to, I won't do TikTok. Or I don't, I'm like, at, I least I, at least I'm not like doing what like our, my, like our parents' generation where they like write a status update, like they're writing <laughs> to somebody. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> no. but, um, but there was one time where you're talking about, okay, so a little of the sciencey speech therapy part coming in, you had a, um, so basically the tongue is from a, like a dental facial growth and a whole physiological perspective. The tongue is supposed to rest along the palate mm-hmm. and that helps as a baby, as a child that helps to shape the palate. Um, the roof of your mouth is the floor of your nose. So if you have yes. a, nose, a narrow palate, you have a narrow, narrow nasal airway space. Mm-hmm. Um, nasal breathing is what sets up, us up for efficient breathing, good, healthy brain cells, whole body physiology, mouth breathing has a host of other issues. Yes. So if the tongue is not resting, then you're more likely to do mouth breathing and can impact sleep. And so for you, your sleep was impacted. You had a tongue tie and a narrow palate and you did something that was very brave. Yes. And- um, you went Not- ahead and got a dome, um, uh, mm-hmm. but it's basically, why don't you explain what it's that kinda, is? Yeah, it's really, it's just the name. It's the name of the device that the people that created, but it's a very, it's like Sarpy if you were to put in, um, it's just a rapid expander for adults. However, instead of, um, in children, which my children now I know, I know better, do better, right? I know more. So now I can prevent the stuff that, so, um, in children, before that palatal suture line is closed, which which you would probably know better, I was told like ten to twelve, or I don't know if it's well, later. It probably depends. I think like you can still do some stuff between twelve and thirteen. 13. Right now, and it depends on who you're talking to, but in the world of myofunctional therapy and orthotropics, mm-hmm. um, is I mean they're doing palatal expansion on three and four year olds. Yes, I saw that you have. I I'm now I'm like my Cassidy definitely has an overbite and like you can, because of her tongue tie, her, you know, her lower jaw got recedes and there's a big overbite. So anyways, I normally 
you can get a removable palatal or well yeah usually removable or cemented or or cemented in my daughter's is cemented in both of my daughters um however it's attached to their molars um and that's how it's expanding because that palatal suture line is still open and the body's so amazing because you just like expand and then all those bone fibers grow and I'm like wow the body is so cool how it oh my gosh and speech speech errors go away sometimes on their own oh I know like like even after my daughter received her tongue tie release for posterior tie her twin brother's name is Liam and she's been in speech therapy for years like since she was two and all of a sudden even with her swelling after the procedure she was like Liam and she like got so excited and I'm like oh man my mama heart was like because I am a speech language pathologist I felt like I should have known better but they didn't teach they didn't teach this don't teach this this is like a newer movement um I well maybe not newer because I know I've let read that midwives back in the day used to have longer um Mm -hmm. pink fingertips to kind of just do it right at birth for Mm -hmm. breastfeeding well you know uh, I mean, there there could be arguments of like, if do they do stretches and where yeah, I know wound care and everything. But you know, there's a lot of um, changes that have happened over the past hundred years or so. I mean, even like three, four hundred years, if you want to, if you look at yeah. um, anthropological dentists that look right. at the, the shrinking of the skulls and the heads. Yeah, but but any but yeah, but I had my whole thing is that I had to have um, I don't have to have I elected to have this surgery because of every um, I have been going to chiropractor, craniosacral therapists, um, myofascial like I've been doing everything and um, things didn't improve for me because I had gotten my tongue tie release and I had a lot of, um, amazing shifts with my posture because that little flap, mm-hmm. it, it affects so much. Exactly. And, yeah. and I had a lot of less, less tension, but what was happening for me because my airway was restriction was more in my nasal cavity. And so this is why this, this expands. I have four titanium screws in this dome device. And so instead of expanding at the molars, pushing out it, I had to have a surgeon go in and, um, attach it to cut, the attach the screws to the bone, but also open up, like chisel that palatal suture line open. And it was wild because it was so fast. I did like 42 cranks of a wrench. It was like a literal little tiny wrench. And as you know, I have like a bigger than ever. Well, Madonna doesn't have a gap anymore. So her telltale gap, um, it it's gone, but, um, I don't even, I, I don't recognize Madonna, but back in the day when Madonna had that telltale gap or all these celebrity Woody Harrelson, um, I had that plus more. I got, <laughs> and, and it had, and it, and a lot of people don't elect to have that surgery because of the gap. Mm-hmm. And now I have, as of February 6th, my braces back on, but the whole journey of the somatic experience and the beliefs I had. And also historically, my dad snored so bad. And talk about the the dream that you had either the day before. So I have and you're better if and of course, if you go to any of my social media pages, especially my TikTok, I've made quite a few TikToks about my journey with the jaw surgery because and and I have like my teeth are crowded and they tilt inward because Mm -hmm. there was just no where like my tongue was tied down Mm -hmm. and there my that's just there was like this void where there was nowhere to it just grew um, without a a foundation. So basically, um, 
my dad looked, if I look at pictures, we have the similar teeth. Uh, he snored. I know I snored more, like less than my dad did. Like he, they, he went to sleep studies. He had the C, CPAP mm -hmm. machine. I knew that I could go the CPAP route, but that wouldn't address my root cause. No, it wouldn't. It was and it was a Band-Aid solution. And I'm all about root cause. Let's get to the root. So, um, so basically, um, I the night I had done all this work and had all these awarenesses with through cranial sacral therapy, which she's my lady's also this energy healer that has these extra gifts, right? You meet all these special people with their their unique gifts from that are are uniquely theirs, and she was noticing that. Um, you know, my left side was more impacted than my right. And I was expanding beautifully on the right, which is like moving into the future. Mm. And it's your masculine side. And I've always, I was a tomboy growing up and always more comfortable with my masculine side. And I had my own business. So I almost had to run more masculine energy. Yeah. You had to do, 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 do. And the feminine side is that more of that intuitive nurturing, um, receptive, like just being and not doing. And so I noticed that I historically have so much constriction on my left side. And there were some beliefs around um, it being safe to be a woman mm. um, from and there, I had done some work that this wasn't just this lifetime, I didn't come right. in maybe with us. And then there was a lot of, is it even safe to be me? Right. Um, like, can I actually take up space? And that was a big thing for me. And I know that it's actually a, a worthiness of existing. Like I know, like taking up space, like I'm always, I would over apologize. I'm sorry. And people would be like, why are you saying I'm sorry, Jen? Like, like, and I'm like, I don't know. This is so weird. I love that you just said taking up space. Cause you literally gave yourself more space. Like from I know. a spiritual standpoint, you gave yourself space. And yeah. it's been yeah. life changing. People are like, you're face has changed John you look different your voice sounds different you sound yeah. more like you and, and that's been and so my dad um he visited I thought I'm like you can't make this timing up and he visited I don't I hadn't had a dad dream in so long and um the night of my surgery I saw him and he was like, it was like so real. Like I had gone down and it was my house. Like I'd gone down and usually when I have dreams like it, but it was, and he was sitting on the couch and I'm like, Oh, hi dad. And he, like, and he didn't say anything and he looked happy and proud and he just gave me a hug and it was like, thank you. Oh. And I felt like that message or how I interpreted was like, I addressed something that was super in our lineage yes. and that he was like, you're doing the work, kid. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you. Like where your ancestors are cheering you on, mm -hmm. like, and that they're getting a healing. And then the kids are getting like grandchildren are getting a healing. It was just a beautiful, like, so pure felt like pure love and like mm -hmm. the dream. Right. And I was like, I got this. I'm like, dad, I got this for the surgery. Cause you know, there was some nervousness there about going under and yeah, of course. Of course. And I think sometimes I find this to be true about myself and then talking to other people who are very awake and aware of ending this, the traumas that's been on their lineage for ever how many years that it's almost like you become this brick wall and everything runs up against you. So mm -hmm. like you experience like, so much more, there's so much more work to do. There's so much more 
limiting beliefs that you're now having to dig under. It's almost like everything is like coming up against you and because it's like now, layers. Yeah. It's like hitting you. It's like, you're the brick wall you're ending. It's not going to go any further. So it's almost like these cars are like crashing into you. Yeah. You no. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I was introduced to this healer. Um, and she said, you know, in order for me to tell you what I do, I kind of have to show you what I do. So mm-hmm. she's like, I'd love to offer you a complimentary session. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to have her on my podcast because it was life-changing. And so yes. we, so I got on the session and we were chit-chatting and she's like, you know, I'm hearing you often say the words that you're not supportive. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like I kept saying, I'm not supportive, you know? Yeah. yeah you I, can, I, you can hear people's um, yeah. underlying beliefs or bottom beliefs just by listening. Right. I think yeah. I was literally saying those words and she's like, Kevin. let's figure out the origin of this or let's like look back yeah. at it. And what I had to do was picture myself. Um, I want to say, I think we had to do a few things to get to this point, but eventually it was visualizing like myself at one month, two months, or like 12, 11, mm-hmm. all month, all the way down to in utero. Yeah. Like a timeline. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, where did this, I'm not supportive begin? And it was in utero. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were able to kind of work along that. So it was like a belief that again, inherited generational DNA yes. imprint and then I had a healing session with you, a theta healing session, and we took it even further to like, I don't know, four or 500 years ago where. Right, right. I use, um, I, I combine like theta healing, which you can do this without muscle testing, but I, because of being around all the chiropractic community and the, and it's part of neuroemotional technique, uh, the muscle testing for origin or uh, origination of time. But I find that it's um helpful to know that you, that this has been yeah, because sometimes we don't understand why we are the way we are. Right. And then when you can name that you've been operating this belief for this many lifetimes this yeah. long ago, and then you get what's the beauty in it is that what your healer sounds like she was doing that and Theta does that method is that you get to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. always the yeah. message is that nothing, I feel like anything is possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you do that inner work and you clear the subconscious and yes. yeah, you the program. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, beliefs and entities and how they can impact our belief. And we'll go into yeah. linking into what happened yesterday, but sure. we'll off with like these beliefs how we ha- that we have that could either be beliefs and I may, I may not be describing this in the right way, but this is how, how I'm processing it. Beliefs that are projected onto us from an entity mm-hmm. or um, we have we have low vibe beliefs, low vibe frequency that opens us up, up to attracting entities. Yeah, right? you know, you know, the um, do you know um, power versus force, uh, Dr. Stephen Hawkins work? No. Um, he like psychiatrist but he can't I have this chart and it's like everything has a frequency a hertz like a cycles per seconds like our thoughts have energy like uh this wall like everything has a frequency and but if you look at some of the low vibrational frequencies it's shame it's guilt but their life you could be like evil miserable so if you have a lot of people do have shame um, and guilt, uh, and religious programming. I know I grew up 
Catholic, and this is not bashing Catholics or religion. This is just naming my journey Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of guilt that's just instilled in religious programming. So I'm going to say that um, some viruses and parasites also vibrate at a similar frequency. And so I kind of look at it as foreign energy. Anything that's not us mm-hmm. can impact or, um, and I, I actually was in meditation before talking about this. I said, God, you know, God creator of all that is like download what it means to be like an entity, how mm-hmm. to describe it best. And, um, you know, and I got the message of explain it from your perspective, Jen, like you have a unique lens about it. So I kept being, okay. So what I, I'll give myself as an example. I, um, when I was 17 and this goes wrong with my beliefs, I had a belief that, you know, I was this weirdo that never fit in. I never belong. I don't belong. If, if I were to test it, I belong and I test it differently in a yes or no, because the subconscious does, mind doesn't understand double negatives. So if I were to say, if I were to say, I, I belong, I would get a no, or my body would be like, no, that was before. But I always was trying to fit in and negating my intuition just to fit in. So I was at a party and um, they were doing, um, they had put this paper on your tongue. I didn't even ask any questions, which still blows my mind because that was so not me. And I could have already had something attached to me that was like, yeah, this is a great idea. Put this on your tongue. You'll fit into this, you know, cause it was hard for me to have a boundary and say no. Yeah. Um, so that's also part of my beliefs. These people pleaser patterns that mm-hmm. are in my lineage. Like if you were to, you know, so I had done some drugs and like psychedelic drugs that opened me up like a portal for a lot of foreign energy, a lot of entities, a lot of darkness. I had hallucinations and a psychosis. They called it a drug-induced psychosis. So I kind of time from that time they labeled they didn't understand. And they also didn't understand how they didn't a lot of the doctors and psychiatrists didn't believe that I only dropped acid once because of the way I was presenting was like a like, like somebody who had dropped acid like a hundred times. Wow. And so they weren't sure, okay, is this schizophrenia? Da, da, da. So it, it wasn't, it was a lot of entities in my space mm-hmm. and like telling me you should just kill yourself. Like you're no good. Like there's no hope for you. So I think because it was such low vibe stuff and I was so far out of my body. So this is why I have this unique gift to sense those attachments that are um, dysregulating your people's nervous system. It's the metaphysical stuff can impact because we have uh, our physical bodies, but we have a holographic body or aura. And then we have these energy centers and I'm not going to go too deep into that. It could be a whole nother podcast, but I will say that anytime I had a belief of um, I must suffer to be close to God. And this suffering or punishment or, and also feeling like I'll just take everybody's stuff on or transmute it, having that empathy, mm-hmm. I um, kind of just, that was my superpower is like, I'll take on your suffering. It's like that shaman. Yeah. Like, I'll take on your suffering for you because I don't want you to suffer. And yeah. so it was, uh, I was like a vibrational uh, magnet for 
these entities and especially because of the the drugs that yeah i can totally relate to that um that almost like need to heal people. So you'll take it on for them. So they don't experience yes. it. I tend to be what I was told is I'm a quarter. I will cord into people mm. and I don't take the cord away. I just like leave it there. And I had a Reiki um, practitioner say to me, she's like, it's almost like you're sending a part of yourself to some child in China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, just, and, and it's, and she's like, it takes a lot like you are so powerful. You have such, and this could be the manifesting generator side, which I didn't know at yeah, the time. Yeah. But she's like, you are so powerful that you can actually do a lot and go and go and go and go before you actually hit a wall, but then you hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And, and so I realized that I am a quarter and sometimes I don't recognize I'm doing it because I'm just so used to doing it, but also I have such an immense um, threshold. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to learn to protect my energy. And I've had like energy worker after and like so many tell me like, you need to protect your energy. You need to protect your energy. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So, um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of healers can relate to this take need to take suffering away from other people. Right. And it's, it's an allowing belief on some Mm -hmm. level that we allow perhaps that toxic person to court into us. And we are like, okay. Um, or we allow some sort of a low vibrational frequency. We talk, I mean, I think anybody, even if you're not in the metaphysical world or a healer, you can walk in a room and be like, wow, that room has bad vibes. Totally. totally. And we talk about the evil eye is translated in almost every language. Um, There's like, you know, there's just a lot of metaphysical phenomenon that we talk about, but maybe we don't understand it per se. And I just think that, we might call in an entity because we don't have a boundary. And so it could come in on anger or fear that those lower, like everything like anger, fear is under um, 200 Hertz. It's like a 75, a very low vibrational frequency. And so our emotions unresolved can be the portal for like somebody courting in. I, I, I look at people who court in that could be called it's just direction, energy vampires or energy being spewed at you. You're getting whacked or it's an attack. It's coming at you. And so I deal with um, getting curious as to why, why we're letting this in. Because I th- anytime we talk about in trauma work that your triggers are your blessings. Right. Well, so are these metaphysical attachments, like yeah. they can, if you reshape it, bring awareness. And I think that's what God creator was wanting me to say is that like, you know, the sabotage thing, like we were recording yesterday and we had some beautiful moments and, and we, you know, there was a flow and a canter and then we got to the end and, um, it was like, oh my gosh, it didn't record. But but even before that, it was, I usually for definitely for podcasts, I will hardwire into the internet and not rely on my Wi-Fi. And usually it's just a a switch. I just press something and there's no interruption to the flow. Well, there was a major interruption and then you were pulling an entity as you're pulling it. Oh, you came back online. It was like, you can't make this stuff up. And a lot of times I'll do this work with my clients online. And I'll, I'll like, again, our external world is always giving us um, clues as to what's going on in our internal because we're co-creating a reality. Right. So our thoughts are creating our reality, those beliefs, those underlying beliefs. So a lot of healers have um, this persecution energy, like they've been persecuted and quite honestly, maybe killed for some of their gifts in past lives. 
And so they don't fully embody their gifts in this lifetime because of because that that is still in their DNA. It's on yeah. that past life uh, historic or even in their lineage. Maybe they had, you know, I know my mom is super intuitive and it, like there's like these gifts on my maternal side that um, and so, you know, all of it matters. We don't exactly come yeah. in with a clean slate. No, we don't. We don't. I mean, like the the upbringing helps shape that identity, but it's almost like we come in. Well, we come in. Our soul knows what we're coming into, and it's almost mm-hmm. like you have like this checklist. Okay, you're going to come into this. This is what you're going to. This is the belief that you're going to have, and it's going to be shaped by this. And you're going to probably have this experience, which is going to wake you up. And then you know, and depending on you know, they say like if it's if it's a belief that, and I believe this. They say if it's a belief that or a lesson rather that isn't healed that lesson gets passed down mm-hmm. to the next generation and every lifetime that that you're having to play that lesson out it gets harder and harder to mm-hmm. like until you to like wake you up like big up. time yeah yeah, yeah. Um, let's circle back to because i found this fascinating let's circle back to the entity around technology and um, <laughs> yeah that it was like a gremlin type energy yeah entity. so i can't take credit for this work this is um Dr. Randall Roberts is a chiropractic um, by nature. Like he, Mm -hmm. however, you know, that vibrational frequency kept like attracting these people with these metaphysical attachments over his 30, 40 years. And he's an applied kinesiology um, guy. So he does a lot of the muscle testing using the body as an instrument to index for, um, you know, an incongruence or a disruption and that sort of thing. So he has this manual and he, and the, I have these charts. And what's funny is that, or ironic is often, I think like Star Trek, my, my husband's a big uh, nerd. He loves Star Wars, Star Trek, all the comics. Although like, ironically, I'm now interested in them because of these metaphysical things are named in some of these, yeah, like the, the, the reptilian, these races of entities. Well, I, I like there's five common ones and some of the most common metaphysical things is number one, energy vampire. You have a, somebody's corded into you and sucking the vital life force. Number two is you're getting attacked. And there's, that's why we have a lot of autoimmune stuff at the throat. People attack a lot at the throat. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you said, if you trigger them, they're like, Ugh, you know, and, and if we accept, but it, we always have a choice to accept it and allow it in or not. That's always going to be there. Um, and then we have the entities and ghosts, gremlins. Gremlins are a, um, you know, in the movie Gremlins, I grew up in that era. I mean, they look, they kind of energetically just, for me, I don't necessarily see a gremlin that I'm pulling. I feel the energy because I'm more of, that's my gift. I'm more of a feeler. Mm -hmm. But I think like he has the gift of sight, the clear um, voyance. So he sees it as like this ugly creature. I feel this ugly creature Mm -hmm. as I'm um, sending things to the light and pulling up. But I always have to understand why the person let them in because let something attach to them because that's how it truly clears. It's almost like there's again, that awareness piece, like you are attracting that. Why are you attracting that? Let's get Mm -hmm. to the root of that. Let's get to the root of that so that you can strengthen your biofield. Technical issues, Jen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was like, you know, and it, it, um, when I was like tuning into the energy and, and sometimes it could just literally not be totally a you thing. It could be because of we're talking about this. And I know that, so gremlins um, like to mess with mechanical stuff. Like, and that's why when people get, have accidents or falls and like it, mechanical, 
whether that's your body mechanics or your, your, you know, we're expressing ourselves in our unique frequency on a podcast. And so and we were, you, you don't shy away. Like I've had other people that know I do this kind of work and that's where my gifts are like, Jen, let's not talk about the entities. Oh. Cause that scares people. And, and yeah. you Karen are like, Jen, I want to talk about those entities. <laughs> and I love that about, I love that you asked me because I, I, I know that my gift is to demystify this because they're all around us. So yeah. you see, you see now everybody's doing these medicinal journeys, which is great. However, if you're not fully embodying in your body and you have these mm -hmm. faulty beliefs, you could really feel messed up after one of those. And I have been, or marijuana, there's nothing, I'm not shaming marijuana. It comes from the earth, but the THC, there's a specific entity that loves like, um, they're called archons. That's at least what Dr. Rand, and you can actually research this. There, there's some stuff out there about archons and they like they're like mind parasites those irrational thoughts where you're like is that even me like I can't even believe I had that dark thought you probably have an entity attached to you and so like that's how I feel like they get in there and like really mess with the beliefs and that's why we see like these I think there's attachments that are there and from my own journey that with suicide like where I had suicidal thoughts mm -hmm when I had taken all those drugs and had all those entities in me. And that's why I'm so good at, like, I probably had every kind in me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and so I never quite understood that, but I'm like using my um, suffering as now the gift to give to mm -hmm. others. I'm like, wow, I'm really good at this. Do I want to be the speech language pathologist slash demon slayer labeled? No, but I'm getting more congruent that these are just like, things I know and can feel and sense and um you know and a lot of those kids that I did work with had attachments now in hindsight right the, you know, the, those irrational behaviors when you see those big mood shifts yeah that's like an attachment that's really messing with your mm -hmm. psyche your um your your nervous system we talk about fight or flight and um being uh regulated mm -hmm. so we have a lot of dysregulated individuals and then it's almost like and there's such these open um and they're not fully in their bodies so there anytime you're not fully in your body whether you're using alcohol drugs coffee nicotine um going to in crowds through cords like being there's just there's sneaky ways things get attached to it and 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 to clarify you can still drink alcohol and smoke pot if you want to, it's just wise to protect yourself beforehand. Like just, it is just wise to ground yeah. and set an, uh, an intention. And then if you notice that you feel off, it's super easy to just have a, um, I I'm watching this guy on Instagram who does all these Tai Chi movements and just like your intention of just, just your intention alone yeah. removes things and just having the awareness. That was what God, when I asked God, what do you want me to talk about? Like creator, what do you want me to say about entities? Is that, good or bad it's like that you get to decide that through your beliefs right. but it's just the awareness that's key um one of the that, things that when i was like in this oh shit moment yesterday where i'm like jen we spent an hour and i <laughs> didn't press record one of the things you said was like you know what there's a reason why it didn't happen clear maybe we weren't supposed to talk about certain things or maybe was, there's an awareness and what i noticed afterwards was you became more transparent on instagram you mm -hmm. you um 
um, went ahead and reignited this other Instagram page that you have that speaks yeah. to skills. And you yes. like, I think you even said it. You're like, I'm like, I don't know exactly what your words you said, but something like, I'm not shying away from this anymore. Like, this is who I, like that kind of embodiment. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, but see you, but like, had we not done that, like you gave me permission because oh. you named it on your story that that happened yeah. and you're like, we'll probably talk about it. And then also you just being you and being like, Jen, talk to me about these entities. Yeah. I'm like, because oh, I've had other people tell me not to talk about them. Yeah. So that was a gift for me alone because, and then I also opened up a letter from a client who um, mailed me a check because she's she's pretty old. She doesn't, you know, doesn't do all the the Zelle and the PayPal and all that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm that's fine. So she wrote me a letter, and she had a really gnarly attachment that actually had been from another lifetime. She's carried this attachment like that. I don't for lack of a better word, I'm just going to call it. It was like demonic. It was very um, dark and she would wake up with scratches on her and and I'm not going to, you know, go into too much, but like that is a phenomenon that happens with um, some really gnarly attachments. And we've watched movies about this, right? I mean, like I always, I, I'm like, even when I watch these horror movies, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is real. Cause I also had I gone, that. I had almost gone through a personal hell with, um, all the attachments I had mm-hmm. and I had to like really fight for my light. And so mm-hmm. I had to fight and go into the depths of my shadow. So the shadowy stuff doesn't, um, scare me. I think there's a gift in those in, in exploring our, um, exploring the, you can't have light without the darkness. No, it's just, it's just quantumly not possible. Right. So, right. um, like the yin and the, like, so the more neutral we can approach it. And I think that's what I love about how you asked me about it. It was very oh, neutral. It was yeah. very, it was very like, Jen, tell me more about it's this. Really a place of curiosity of like, I want to know more about this. And what I said yesterday, uh, you know, I have a son who's also very gifted and mm-hmm. I know through Dr. John Makoff, who's done some acoustic records with him, um, is that he in previous lifetimes, you know, came into the world and his journey was to honor his gift and he didn't. And he felt, and the essence of it was he just didn't feel supported by his family to really lean in there. And mm-hmm. so he did it. And I think it was like two, two, at least two lifetimes that he didn't do it. So his journey in this lifetime is to really honor this gift. And I, I think it's so amazing that I'm going through my own journey while he's going through it as well. Yeah. So I, I want to be able to understand it, but like from the whole, like saying about how, like, I don't like watching horror movies or anything like that or anything of yeah the, that kind darkness, of right. And he can watch any, um, not any, and we were, he's probably watched about 90% of them, but like any Marvel movie with, yeah, you know, I love the Dr. Strange stuff. And yeah. The, well, yeah. the latest Dr. Strange one was very, I felt demonic with, mm, um, yeah, I, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. And even I like, didn't, I fell asleep, which is so funny. I fell asleep during that movie, oh, which I mustn't wanted to, I didn't want to take it all in. That's funny. Or even like the, the latest um, Thor movie, it was like about this, uh, evil entity or whatever he was pulling shadows off the wall and they, the shadows would kidnap the kids. And so mm-hmm. I, I would not let him have that or the other Dr. Strange one, but he's pretty like any, you know, Thor is pretty bloody and he'll watch like bloody, you know, stuff like that from a Marvel. And it doesn't bother him. He's standing up with the TV and he's like pretending to be the superhero. Yeah. You put Harry Potter on and you talk about like, 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the first Harry Potter movie, Voldemort is like basically possessed one of the teachers and you, and, and you can see that on the back mm-hmm. of the teacher's head. It freaks him out. Or like the, the voice of Voldemort coming through the walls mm-hmm. and he can't, he can't handle it. And he'll, and every time he's tried, he's tried so many times to watch it like and that. then he'll go to bed and he can't, he's scared. And right. so I'm like, isn't that interesting? And my husband was like, dude, you watch Thor, you watch this. And I'm like, it's different. And I think well, and that's like, it could be a past. Yeah. It sounds like it could be, I I'm learning with my own clients and I keep, um, I think how I, view the healings and the vibrational frequency is I'll get like four people in one week that have a similar like I'm like okay God clearly like I can handle this because uh the limbic resonance they're feeling safe to explore this and a lot of the past life work is super powerful because not your your son may not understand but he might have been possessed by something not of him from a past life and he remembers mm-hmm. that it has a similar energy or vibration or frequency mm-hmm. and that's kind of how um uh indexing for time and finding the root like where did so sometimes the belief is on a past life and naming what the past mm-hmm. life is however and i always go directly to god source creator uh whatever your word is if you want to use jesus um it's just something higher than me, my higher self. So, and then command um, the truth. Like I co-create, show me the truth. Like I often say, show me the truth. And it's not that I'm so interested in this elaborate past life story. I'm interested in the why. Mm. And, And so usually God creator, I'm being perceiving genesis of witnessing um, the reason why somebody what's holding them back in this lifetime and I feel like that's the deep work right right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely this has been amazing yeah. I can go for like another hour talking about I this um, but let's wrap things up with you know where where can people find you where can they learn more about what you do um, I'll put everything in the show notes as well right. um, so you can come uh, I have a lot of the we talked a lot about 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 my journey with the expansion um, and that's like on TikTok, it's SLP Gen Mom. And then I have on Instagram, which you said you inspired me to resurrect something, and it's called Heart Rooted Healing. And then um, I also have a more personal Instagram page, but I'm I'm pretty transparent and authentic, and that's kind of what I'm embodying these days. You either, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but it's, <laughs> Jen, it's Jen underscore McNerney underscore healer. So and then I guess uh, um, if they want to learn more about what you do, then your oh, yeah, healing might be the better Instagram page to follow. Is it uh, yeah, I'm going to start posting more about like what I do and um, the neuroemotional technique. And if you want to, that, that is netmindbody.com is where you can read all about that modality. And um, I think that's just a really neat technique. We didn't go too far into it, but it was related because it gets to the root of beliefs in this lifetime. And sometimes in past lives, people will index for time there or in the womb. Well, it's been amazing. Like I could go. Yeah, thank you. Maybe we'll have a part two at some point, but thank you again for your patience with all this and coming back oh gosh amazing yeah no thank you I uh, feel like we yeah feels like a, you feel like a familiar soul and I'm glad we found each other again likewise <laughs> all right we'll talk all to right. you later then all right bye-bye
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I understand how valuable your time is and I'm honored that you spent it with me. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love it if you could leave a five-star rating as well as a review on Apple Podcasts. This just takes a few minutes, but it would mean so much to me as I work to get my message out to the world. And as a thank you for your support, if you screenshot this podcast episode, post it on Instagram stories and tag me at I am Karen Galway. I will send you a free guide to understanding your human design so that you can start living a life by your design. I'll see you on the next episode.